spinning in circles and talking to myself. Spinning in circles and talking to myself. Welcome to a new spin on autism. Answers with host and international speaker and performer, Lynette Louise. Besides working on her doctorate in psychophysiology, Lynette has raised eight children, six adopted, and four of them falling somewhere on the autism spectrum. Laugh with her, cry with her, as she talks to both experts and parents and takes you through the often confusing, sometimes frustrating, sometimes overwhelming, but always fascinating world of autism. Hello and welcome. This is a new spin on Autism Answers. I'm Lynette Louise, your story teacher host, otherwise known as the Brain Broad. But Lynette Louise is my name. All right, so I'm really excited about today's show. Don't forget to stay to the very end of the show where we'll do stories from the road. And just before that, we'll do the great guest giveaway. But actually, as I've been very creative about that for the last, like, I don't know, six months, I think we might be able to talk our guest into being also the great guest giveaway. We'll see. I'll ask and see if she's willing to give up a book. Oh, that's what we're here to talk about, a book. Okay, let me begin by telling you that today is a wonderful day, as it always is. But it's especially wonderful because the winds have been so wild and crazy that I thought my house was going to blow down. I Literally, my son and I last night, we were going, okay, if the patio doors hold, we're good. So um, I'm feeling really happy that the wind has died down and we don't have in the background. All right. So um, how did I get today's guest? Uh, It's actually the first time this has ever happened, so I couldn't help but say yes. So, you know, remarkably, people don't just say to me, hi, how do I get on your show? Um, And uh, she did. She Facebooked me and she said, hi, how do I get on your show? And I thought, well, you know, actually, you just ask. And I say yes, and that's how that works. So um, it's it's unusual. And if it starts happening a lot, I'll have to say no a lot. But since nobody ever does that, I just had to admire the moxie and the approach. And I'm real excited. I've kind of peeked at her Facebook stuff. And I'm really glad, actually, to have her here because I think that what she's going to tell you about is very valuable, and she's got a book to talk about. So her name is Cindy Mayhew, and she's here, and hello, and thank you for being here. You're welcome, Louise. Nice to meet you. No problem, but let's start with getting my name right. So my name is Lynette, (laughs) but that's okay. Don't worry about it. Um, All right, so Cindy, what do you want to tell us first? Do you want to talk about the book or the story of your life or how you ended up just being so great that you sent me a message saying, how do I get on your show? And then I went over and looked at your page. Looks like you've been on all mm-hmm. kinds of shows lately. Exactly. I've been, you know, trying to travel as much as I can, promote as much as I can. But basically, um, I'm Cindy Mayhew, and I'm just talking about my autistic journey. I have our son. He has autism. His name is DJ. He's actually 13. He's one of, out of my five kids basically, and just being a single parent, you know, just motivated me that I needed to write this book, and I finally decided that I needed to do this book, and here I am with a book called That's My DJ, and actually, basically, it's upon autism. It's about a family having an autistic sibling, or me having a child with autism, you know, just having to do with the day-to-day basis with autism, our family journey, as in how to cope with an autistic child, how to communicate, how to relate, how to understand each other, 
how to know what DJ what what is DJ's needs, what he needs, what he don't needs, things like that. And this actually motivated me to write this book, just explaining from beginning to ending how to get around and you know deal with deals with these different situations situations and deal with different you know ups and downs that you would go through on a normal you know normal day as a family like any normal person would do it for a normal child that doesn't have autism, of course. You know, um, mm-hmm. DJ's mm-hmm. A book is a book everyone is talking about. It just classified that the neurovermental disorder of autism, actually. And, you know, DJ's actually nonverbal, which some kids that have autism, they are verbal. You know, DJ. You know, it's, it's, just, it's interesting. Let me let me interrupt you for a second, Cindy, and let's get mm-hmm. some shape to this. So, yes, <laughs> it, it, autism has all kinds of verbal, nonverbal, scripted verbal. You know, it is just because someone can talk, though, doesn't mean that they are communicating well. So, let's start with that. So, your son is 13 and he's nonverbal. Um, yes, he is. When mm-hmm. did he get diagnosed? Actually, DJ was diagnosed at age two. Okay, and you had five kids all together? And actually, when DJ was diagnosed at the time, um, it was only three kids in total. DJ and I have two other old, he has two other older sisters. And how did so you feel? He was my only you... son at the time. Okay, so how did you feel when you got pregnant after DJ? Were you worried? Were you... Um, oh, well, it's, it is what it is. Was it on purpose? Talk about that a little bit because people always wonder if they should have more children. Mm-hmm. Well, actually, no, it didn't bother me. Um, as far as we found out DJ was diagnosed, that was a little sad for me at the time. And I, you know, as I grew with DJ, you know, I got a little better as the years went by, of course. Um, as of me getting pregnant again, that actually didn't bother me because I felt like, you know, DJ's a blessing and, if I had any complications with my next pregnancy, that would be a blessing to me as well. So, no, I didn't have no doubt about having another child after DJ. And how did that work out? Did um, having more children help DJ in any way or help you to actually, have more kids? Because for me, it was better having more. Yeah, actually, it helped me a lot because DJ actually has younger siblings, Malachi and Malik. They're eight and seven, and they're actually more a lot of help to DJ. You know, they understand what DJ goes through. They know DJ's, the things that DJ, that DJ does. You know, they know how to communicate with their brother. And having younger siblings, to me, to me, actually kind of helps out a lot. You know, it's not easy, of course, having, you know, doing things with DJ, but having Malik and Malachi, he's like the grown adults. They're like the grown brothers, you know, and it helps out a lot having two other siblings. So what do you think is the biggest gift in having DJ? Uh, the business is having DJ. Um, he's my DJ. He's my oldest son, you know. And basically, biggest gift of having DJ is more like, you know, you have your Reese cups, and you know, if you have the Reese cups, you have DJ. <laughs> you know, <laughs> DJ loves him a, a Reese cup. He's a Reese cup head. I mean, he's like really into Reese cups, like the one that's addicted to sugar. He's a Reese cups kid. Basically, <laughs> maybe you know give him a sponsorship. <laughs> yeah, I, I know, just right? love these one. <laughs> yeah, I absolutely love the um, sort of the affections or special interests that the kids get. It's very interesting. So, talk a little bit about you know how it is that you manage to get on. So, like I'm looking here at your page, 
And it looks like you ran around L.A. getting everyone to take pictures of you with them. Like, it's kind of amazing. Cindy, you're a a force (laughs) to be reckoned with. Yeah, I'm a go-getter. <laughs> you sure are. Like, I, I'm gonna. She's on the cast of the hit sitcom Blackish. She's over there with pictures with them, and um, is that looks like Will Smith? Yeah, it's raw. Will Smith, correct. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, girl! How did you do? That? How did you run around LA and get? Let's let's teach the parents how to be go-getters. Because actually, I'm serious. <laughs> this is one of the hardest parts for parents. They get so busy feeling bad about their lives that they don't understand. You just stand up, dust it off, and go after it. Here you are, Super Bowl, getting pictures with Like, you're just amazing. Okay, so talk to <laughs> us about how how you did all that. Well, actually, someone actually um, found me on Facebook and invited me to the NAACP Awards because I guess they saw my page and was wondering, you know, what it was about. And I actually replied back, and then they said, would you like to come out to L.A. to the awards? I actually thought it was a joke in the beginning, <laughs> to be honest. I was like, who is this? Is this who this is supposed to be, this person? They was like, yes, this is our number. Just give us a call. And they said to me, if you can find get your way out here, then we'll be able to do VIP, get you in your orchestra seats, and we'll go from there. And when I got to, I got the confirmation that it was true, and I was on my way to L.A., um, as I got there, you know, I was able to go actually the Friday night they had like a um local after party kind of thing. So that was a little interesting. That's how I met um Tracy Ellis Ross and also how I met Anthony Anderson as well. And then by the next actually I'm sorry, that was a Thursday. By the Friday, that's when they had the big NWCP awards. That was actually live Friday night on television. Mm-hmm. And I was able to and that's how I ended up meeting Will Smith actually. He was actually there. He was sitting maybe a few chairs up. He was sitting maybe a few chairs up from me, actually, and that's how we actually met. You know, I approached. Okay, but all right. So okay, back up, back up, back up, girlfriend. Okay, so you're sitting a few chairs away, and you have the moxie to go over and say, "Can I get a picture with my son's book?" Talk to me about that. Actually, because this is the stuff that's missing. You have some moxie. Let's share some moxie. (laughs) <laughs> but I actually said hello. I approached him. I said, hey, Will, how are you doing? He was like, I'm great. And I said, my name is I'm Cindy Mayhew. I'm actually an author of a book called That's My DJ. It's about my son. It's about our family journey. And DJ is actually autistic. And he's actually nonverbal. And he was like, oh, that is great. And he was like, you have the book? And I said, yes. And he said, oh, this is a great book from the cover aspect of it, of course. And then I said, well, can we get a picture? He was like, Sure. I said, well, we're going to have to try to take this quick. So he said, okay. He said, I'll do the selfie. So he took my phone, and he did the selfie, and we took the picture together. That's so cool. See? So that was and, awesome. And you weren't worried? You weren't nervous? No. Or... no. <laughs> so why do you think all. that is? Because i got to tell you that's special. So let, I know your son's special. We'll talk about DJ, too. But mm-hmm. what makes you that woman? Um, cause I'm DJ's mom. I'm, you know, I'm a go-getter, you know, I'm very energetic, I'm very outgoing, you know, I want something, I need something done, I just go and say, you know what, this is what I want, this is going to happen, and it's going to happen soon, <laughs> and I want to figure out how to like make that? this happen. Were you always um, like yes, that? it actually I was, but it made me stronger as me having to know that I have an autistic son, and I have to go out there and be motivated and, you know, let the world know what I go through and let them know about DJ. So I guess having DJ in my life made me more stronger, 
you know, I was always a strong woman, but having DJ just made me on a higher pedestal. You know, he was a blessing in my life, and I'm going to make his life a a blessing as well. So I want to, so I have a son who, he's verbal, but he's minimally verbal. And Mm -hmm. um, what I've noticed raising all the kids that were special needs, but mostly with Dar, what I've noticed is that every piece of human behavior exists the same in him, and it's more exaggerated. So because of that, I came to understand Mm -hmm. all people better. Have you gotten any of that kind of benefit from DJ? Well, yeah. Um, DJ, you know, like once upon a time, DJ was the child. Actually, he would, like, stare at me, not say anything. He would more give me, like, tantrums, you know. Mm-hmm. And we act a certain way, like, oh, I don't want to do this. So he would just drop on the floor, do his little spin, do his thing. But I've learned that from DJ. You know, he's he has changed as he's grown up. You know, I made it clear to DJ, you can't do these things. They're not allowed. You know, you're going to stand up. You're going to listen to me, you know. And it took me, like, I probably repeated it, like, 150 times <laughs> or more. <laughs> At least. That's a million. Probably more than that, you know, to get him to really clearly understand what I'm actually saying to him. I'm like, look, mommy in the eyes, okay? I know it's hard for you and it's aggravating, you know, and he wants to bite his hands and different things like that, you know. And But it took some time, and, you know, we worked through this, and now, you know, no more tantrums. He's relaxed. He's calm. He might make, you know, his little babble noises like he'll normally do and so on. But he's a great kid. He's a happy child. He's smiling all, all day, all out. I wish I had enough energy like DJ to smile the way he does all the time. That's it. Way beyond. He's like a 200%. <laughs> and he comes to being happy. Yeah, that's really cool. Um, and another thought I had about since he has younger siblings do you find that the younger siblings, because he was always DJ, he was always like that, that's how he talks, mm-hmm. even if it's just gestural, um, that they just accept him that way, or do they find it challenging? Uh, in the beginning, they'll say to me, like, Mommy, why doesn't DJ speak? Why? What's wrong with his voice? You know, they'll ask little questions, but as over the years they got older, they understood, you know, that DJ was autistic, he's nonverbal, you know. It took them a while. They would ask him, like, weird questions, like, what is wrong with him? Why he doesn't want to eat this? Or why he always eat the same foods? Or why, you know, why he does these things? And why he's making this noise? Or why he, you know. And I had to kind of explain to Malik and Malachi, this is why DJ does these things. But, you know, DJ, it'll, it'll get better and we need your help. So you're going to help DJ do things so he'll get better at what he needs to do. And I'll say, okay. Well, they'll put him in the shower. They'll make sure he eats. They'll do little things like that to help him out. So they understand now what's going on, so they don't ask these questions anymore. Well, actually, the only thing they'll ask me sometimes, what about when DJ gets older like you, Mommy? How is he going to be able to, is he going to get a job? Is he ever going to get married? Things like that they'll ask me. Right. And that breaks my heart because, you know, you just don't know. (laughs) Yeah, you don't know, but, you know, what's funny is that... um, my son's like my best friend now, so it, it all works out okay, and I, I hope he doesn't move out because it's made my life a lot better. I'm serious. I'm like, please don't grow up and go. <laughs> no, it's pretty awesome. Now, here's what's oh, interesting. Um, he's 34. 34, okay. And here's what comes to mind for me is that um, so so often 
people are afraid, and and we're going to get into a little controversial stuff here for a second. I hope you're okay. But I have heard back from many parents of neurotypical kids that they are afraid that their kids will mimic the special needs child and become like that. So when you have younger siblings, this is almost to me like proof that that's ridiculous. Has that kind of nonsense come your way? No, it hasn't, no. And I would never expect it to because the way I deal with Malachi Malik, they understand and they know better to ever mimic anything that DJ does or anything of that sort. They actually know so good that if one of their friends do it, they'll get upset and be like, don't do what my brother's doing. That's not funny. You know, things like that. And sometimes the younger siblings, they don't know. They don't know DJ's autistic. They're younger kids, of course. But Malik and Malachi, they'll put them in their place really fast. And right. I don't even have to deal with that at all. Right, but Hopefully have you never. ever have you ever had anybody? Um, now it's an older thought, you know. My kids, my kids are all older, so maybe it doesn't come up as much. But when my guys were in school, it would come up mm-hmm. in the school. Have you ever heard it reflected back to you that way? Well, actually, no, not in the school. It's funny that you've mentioned that because recently DJ did an interview with the owner of the Panthers, Jerry Richardson. And he he has actually got DJ's book, and it was a news interview on ABC. And there were some college students came up to see the Panthers and so on. And I was standing there, and it was a young guy, college guy. He stood next to me, and DJ was, like, babbling, making noises. And he did the same thing. And all you could see, I just turned around and was like, is there a problem? <laughs> and he was like, oh, no, no. I said, well, why are you mocking what he's doing? I said, please don't do that. I said, I really don't want to have to go there. Please don't do that. And he was like, no, I'm not doing that. I said, yes, you were. And I said, it's not nice to do things like that either. Oh, you know, well, I just turned been, around. You know, he might not have been mocking. He might have been trying to connect. Like, I, I don't know. I wasn't there. But I know that I do a lot of um, same behavior with kids when I'm connecting. Uh, as long as you do it with an attitude that's not, it's all about attitude, right? If it's like, oh, is that fun? Let's try it. Mm-hmm. Then, then it works. Well, if it's copying with any kind of judgment behind it, it's horrible. It's the slightest change well, makes all the difference. Yeah. Well, I think he was mocking him. I, because me, honestly, I'm a different person now. If I'm out and about and I see a child and he's babbling or he's doing, I'm not just going to do that. The most I'll do is say, "Hey, how you doing?" Because I know I have an autistic child and I could tell when something's wrong with the particular child and so on. But when the way he did it, he was being funny. I know he was. I could tell the difference when you're trying to be nice and when right. you're trying to be funny. Right, right. You know, and it's not tolerated with me at all. Hmm. All right. Okay, yeah. so um, let's talk about the book. But first, let me remind everybody, you are a list of this, the book that she's going to tell you about, and I'm going to try and get her to give us one away, but we'll see what happens. <laughs> I like the title <laughs> because she's calling it That's My DJ, but in fact, when you look at the book, it's the book everyone is talking about. That's my DJ. That's brilliant titling. And DJ's on the front cover, and he looks happy and gorgeous, and it's a bright, beautiful book, so I'm excited to talk about it. You are listening to a new spin on Autism Answers. I'm Lynette Louise, your story teacher host, otherwise known as the Brain Broad. Don't forget my real name. My real name is Lynette Louise. All right, so at the very end of the show, we're going to have stories from the road. I can get Cindy to give a a copy of the book away, and if not, then I'll give you something. All right, so we are back. That's how short that is. Um, Let's talk a little bit about your book. What are you hoping it'll do? 
uh, my goals for my book is, you know, I'm doing great on the sales so far, and I'm hoping that it will progress and go higher. You know, take me on a long journey, keep going and going. Um, at least, you know, get it to be known worldwide. Of course, they see us. Oh, that's DJ. That's the DJ. That's my DJ. And my other goal is probably eventually to get into a family story, maybe a movie, maybe a small story, you know, so the world could watch and see what how we live, what we go through, the things we deal with, whether we're in a struggle of, as in trying to pay a bill, pay, I don't know, maybe pay any kind of bill, whether it's a light bill, you know, things like that. So my goal is basically to see this book spread and, of course, maybe turn into a movie one day. If you spread that book and it shows what you go through, what's the gift of the book? What do the people get from it? Uh, people, they get from it, they get the experience of what um, DJ goes through, as in the fun times that he has. he has. As well, he'll have a little bad times as well. Everyone does. You know, he's normal. He's a child. He's a normal child. You know, it shows, of course, how his other siblings deal with him. It shows, of course, me being a single parent and having someone come into my life and accepting me, not knowing that I have an autistic child. But after he found out, he accepted me, you know, with my um, other three kids, of course. And, you know, just shows what we go through and how people react to us having a child that has autism, you know, whether it's the school, whether it's the Board of Education, whether it's, uh, you know, anyone on the outside. Okay, so give us a story. Tell us, tell us a story of what you go through because we want to get, we want to tantalize them into wanting to get your book. So what's a little story of something that you think, um, other mothers that are dealing with autism might just enjoy reading, maybe because they go through it too or maybe because it's a different version of what happens for them? Okay. Um, I can give actually two examples. One is basically, being an autistic mom and, you know, you're having your child having meltdowns, your child is crying, basically, you're trying to figure out what is wrong with my child. Is, is he sick? Is he hungry? You know, does he want to go to the bathroom because I'm trying to potty train him? You know, and things like that. Just trying to understand what's going on communication-wise. You know, how to communicate with him. What is his needs? What does he want? You know, is he okay? Can he go to bed? Is it is is his tummy full? Like things like that. And the other thing, of course, trying to figure out, you know, when he goes to school on a daily basis, how's everything going at school? Is the teacher cooperating with him fine? Is she communicating with him? Is she doing everything that he needs? Is his IEP correct? Is everything being reported to me at home? Letting me know how my child is doing at school, you know. Right. Are there any secrets? Things like that. And we actually experienced something with DJ at school. So things like that I think mostly bother a lot of parents with kids with disabilities or autism because they don't know if this child is able to come home and say, Mommy, this happened today. Mommy, the teacher did this. So that's just a scary part of having a child with a disability because that child can't communicate and let you know these things. Right. And does DJ do any typing? Actually, yes. He actually he goes on a computer. He knows how to pull up Angry Birds. Um, <laughs> he knows, like, if I was to visually like type something and say, "DJ, you go ahead and you type this," he he actually can do what I do. So, like, you watch me, I show you, and you do basically. Okay. So you, will he be able to communicate to you through typing then? The typing part. 
Sometimes. It depends on what it is he wants. Usually he has his computer and he'll he'll touch things on it and he'll show me or sometimes he'll uh, actually he'll, t- he'll type sometimes or sometimes he'll touch the picture, let me know what he wants. And that's like every so often we'll use that. But I just practice either to take me along and get, get what you want, show me what you need. Let's go to right. the grocery store, choose what you like, you know, things like that. Very cool. Very cool. All right. So um, when you think in terms of, oh, hey, do you want to be the great guest giveaway and give away a book? Sure. Awesome. All right. So, okay, okay, okay. Cindy's also the great guest giveaway. And this book, I really think you should grab it, guys. So the first person to send me an email at mom, number four, evermore, at Juno.com, Juno, not Gmail, J-U-N-O.com, and put in it in the subject line, that's my DJ. First person to do that, we I will notify Cindy. I will put you all together, and she'll get you a book. How's that? Awesome. Oh, Thank you, plan. Cindy. That's, that's beautiful. Okay, so, mm-hmm. darling, when you think in terms of what you've learned or want to share to the audience, this is your moment to sort of give your little pearl of advice and say something to the rest of the world that you think they need to know, as well as tell us your contact info or anything that you want to say about how to get the book, all that stuff. Okay. I would like everyone to actually know, you know, you always have to be your child's provider, your child's um, speaker. You know, you always have to be that person to always be there to communicate and to vouch for your child. You know, basically you're that you're that person's, you know, one-on-one. You're that person's, you're your child's advocate all the way, 100%. You know, you're there to support anything that child needs. You're there to vouch. You're there to speak and say, you know what, this is what I want my child to do, and this is what I don't want my child to do. You know, you're there to vouch your opinion, you know, um, clearly explain how you feel, your do's and don'ts, of course. And as far as my book goes, you know, it basically explains a lot how you would deal miscommunication with your child, that's your child, you know, you're that person that supports that child on a daily basis, you're there for them all the way, never let no one tell you otherwise, you know, you make all the decisions, never let no one tell you, well, you know what, we can do it this way, no, because if you're that child's advocate, you speak for that child, you vouch for that child, you know, you put hands up for that child, whether it's good, whether it's bad, you always have to stay strong and be that advocate for that child because if you don't do this, no one else is going to do this for you. And my book is also located as well on Amazon as well as also on Kindle. And I have an email address. It's called That's My DJ5 at Yahoo.com. Okay. Right. And, you know, it basically explains about our family journey. And I also have Facebook, which is under Cindy Mayhew. I also have Twitter, which is under Cindy Autism Mom. And I also have Instagram, which is that's my DJ five on Instagram as well. And I have a contact number, which I'm okay. able to give that out. But if you want, you can give it out. Sure, seven zero four seven zero four seven zero one three six four nine. And this is, of course, to inquire about any questions you guys might have regarding to DJ or me or my family or how we do with autism or any questions about the book. I'm willing to talk to you. Any time of the day, you can give me a call. I'll be awake. I'll be here. I'm always out on the go, so I'm always around. 
and I'm, vel- I'm always welcoming phone calls. Cindy, I got to say, your son is a lucky boy to have a mom like you, somebody who's so willing to just step out and say, we're going to make a difference here, and we're going to spread the word. So uh, my hat's off to you, and I appreciate that you just put your hat in the ring and said, I want to be on your show. So thanks a lot, and I look forward to connecting you with whoever wants the book. And I really appreciate you. I appreciate you back. Go and do good work for your boy. Thank you. All right. All right. What an awesome mom. You really have to check out her Facebook page. If for no other reason than to say, I cannot complain about life because Cindy not only wrote a book, but she gets out and about and gets every single friggin' celebrity on earth <laughs> to, to get their picture taken and talk about the book and see the book. And it's really kind of a, Amazing. I mean, I wrote a book about my kids, and I didn't do all that, so I'm I'm kind of flabbergasted and most impressed. And it's something important to do for ourselves is to be impressed by other moms. Like, it's really, really common to commiserate. It's really, really common to get together and say, "This is why it's so hard. This is what's so awful," et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But that brings you down, down, down. When you look at someone who's just Dusting it off and getting out there and saying, "Okay, this is my this is my mission. This is what I'm doing." Let that impress you. Let that motivate you to do whatever your version of that is. Not everyone has to write a book. Not everyone has to go meet celebrities. But being a quote unquote sort of go getter advocate for your child and your family and yourself is what gives you sort of a direction and makes us, you don't feel sunk in the mud of the mayhem and milieu of the craziness of autism and all that that brings with it, including the educators, the experts, the the whole weight of it. It's not that autism itself is so terrible. In fact, I absolutely, completely adore everything about my kids. And even as they grew off the spectrum, they stayed quirky, and that's what makes them so special. My one son said, I think normal people are just spiceless. They have no spice. They're just boring. <laughs> and I kind of agree. I get it. I think he's right. He's on to something. Let's have a little spice of diversity. So um, it is time for since. Cindy was our great guest giveaway, and Cindy was our great guest. We now have reached a point where it is time for Stories from the Road. And today's story, actually what kept coming up for me, what I kept thinking about while Cindy was talking, was something that happened that was very um, emotionally challenging for me when I was raising my son, who at that time was nonverbal. So he was in school, he was nonverbal, and he could do facilitated typing. I don't think I've told you this story before, and if I have, you know, hang me up. (laughs) Turn me off. But um, it was really tough because... He had started facilitating and typing, and what I had found is that he would he would reveal his emotional self and his motivations and have real conversations with me, as long as we were both looking at the computer screen, not looking at each other. So that was a really nice discovery. And we sort of had the conduit of our conversation be the computer screen. And so he would type, and then I would type. And even though I could speak, I would type my part of the response, too, so that it was all typed. And um, 
And something strange had happened the night before. So there was a part of me a little bit sort of already nervous. He had been laying in bed and looking blank stared and wet himself. And he was probably 11. He was probably 95. Okay, so he was probably 11. And he was, you know, had been trained and never had accidents like ever. And so it was weird, you know. I had been sitting beside him while it happened to sort of singing and stroking his hair for him to fall asleep. And he just blank stared and peed. And I was weirded out by that and thought, well... I hope nothing terrible is happening. Now, unfortunately and fortunately, I'm very versed in the signs of sexual abuse. And I know that one of the things that can happen is something like that. So a part of me, because it's in my past and and I've adopted so many kids with that kind of thing and um, ended up picking a, a husband that, you know, molested a daughter. And I had I had just had to learn and learn and learn. And so a part of me, my antenna went up right away. And that next day, my son and I were typing, and uh, he said very clearly, um, in very graphic detail, uh, that his assistant had been sharing his ejaculate with him. And so I, and he didn't use those words, but I'm not going to use the words he used. So I was like, my heart was racing, and I was like, oh my God, oh my God, how much of this is because did I facilitate this? Did I somehow contaminate the communication because we sit so close and I have to and I have to you know hold his arm so that he can do this? Did, did my thought of the night before go into his mind? And, you know, and I'm questioning it and questioning it, and I'm, but I I want to respond right for my son. So the long and the short of it is, I believed my son. I took all the necessary steps. A wonderful police officer designed something where we could support my son's arm without touching him. He still said the same things. He showed the police officer. He walked him to the place um, where it took place, and it just got to where it ended up in court. And because I had to facilitate, again, I was worried that I was somehow contaminating it, and it just all fell apart. The judge says it's probably true, but I can't prove it. So here's the part I want to tell you about. I had to tell you all that because this is the part. When they say that, um, you know, your child's in school and your child is safe and all of that, sometimes it's true and sometimes it isn't. But it is our job. And when Cindy was talking about we have to care, we are the ones, we are the parents, she's right. You know, it was because... I insisted on that. All kinds of awful stuff came my way. They reported me to children say that the school was trying to pass the buck of blame. And I ended up, you know, losing my temper and yelling and all kinds of stuff. And finally, I got the police and the social workers and the teachers all in this round table. And I just sat there and I remember I could barely speak. It was like heavy, the weight of the pain of the betrayal of the school wanting to not be in trouble so much that they didn't care about my son. That they actually took that assistant and assigned him to a different one of my children and had the son who was reporting this kept at home rather than getting rid of the assistant until the police forced their hand that this school wanted to collect and protect 
ra- themselves rather than my child and then attack me so that they wouldn't get in trouble. So here we are, we're all sitting at this table and I'm very heavy and very quietly going through every step. I've I've sitting and, and gone through every single piece of evidence and I've written it all out and I've put in timelines and I just went through it all. And then I passed out a piece of paper. They gave me the right to let my son stay home at, at, at home alone if I thought that was safer and better for him than being with professionals. I got the police to sign it. I got social workers to sign it. I got teachers to sign it. I got the the head of the school system to sign it. I mean, I got everyone, and it was because I knew that down the road we might come across something like this again. I might have to leave him alone. I might want to leave him alone rather than put him in danger. There may be a time where I have to make that choice and I did not want any more trouble coming our way. I'm sharing this story because that's the degree to which you must go sometimes to protect your children. Since I got that right, he's now grown and 34 and he stays at home alone and does all that stuff, no problem. But since I got that right, the weight of power fell into my court. And I had to pull out that paper a few times. And it was never a problem because all these people signed it, all these seals. You know, I got the seal from the police department. I got the seal. I can, this, this paper saved our lives. So when you're raising your child with autism, you must think, how do I keep my my child safe? And not just believe what you're told, but look at the playing field and look at the need and come up with a design that serves your family. Okay? That's my story. I hope it helped you. I hope it gets you thinking outside the box of what's being presented to you because we are the ones, whether our children live with us forever or not, We're parents forever. I'm Lynette Louise, your story teacher host, and this is a new spin on autism, a definitely different answer today. All right, thank you for being here, because without you guys, I'd just be talking to myself. Thank you for joining the show today. Lynette is the author of the refreshingly honest and at times hilarious new book, Miracles Are Made, A Real-Life Guide to Autism. You can purchase this and other materials by looking on the webtalkradio.net website and clicking on the covers. You can also click through to her Facebook page and check out any show you may have missed by looking in the archives. We'll see you soon for another edition of a new spin on autism. Answers. Spinning in circles and talking to myself. Spinning in circles and talking to myself. Spinning in circles and talking to myself. I can't hear.